Now, lockdown has provoked a surge of 70% in wills. And we're going to find out about where there's a will, there's a way from my guest today, TV presenter, life coach and author of the Grief Survival Guide, Jeff Brazier. Hello, Jeff. Hi, Heather. How are you? Well, I'm fine, but this isn't the easiest of topics to talk about, but a very important one nonetheless. Yeah, no, I understand that a lot of people find it really difficult to speak about death as a subject uh, on the whole. It's typically British as well, isn't it? I think we're yeah. some way behind a lot of other nations and a lot of other cultures. But um, the, the problem is that if we don't have the conversation, um, we can leave a real challenge for not just the executors of these wills, but also the family that we leave behind. And obviously, you know, they're going to be finding it hard enough to, to grieve, um, you know, typically. But, um, you know, to then add the additional layers of, um, of, of litigation or, uh, you know, contention that comes with it is something that surely we'd all want to avoid. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was just, well, fascinated and shocked and all the sort of emotions in between just reading this research. So tell me, what were the bits that surprised and shocked you? Well, the research from co-oplegalservices.co.uk have stated that there's been a 70% surge in the amount of people that have done their wills in lockdown. I think there's a real obvious reason for that. And I don't know how you've felt in the last three or four months, um, but we've got the time and the space to think about things, to evaluate our life, who we are, where we've come from, where we want to go. Um, and we never really usually allowed ourselves to do that because we're so wrapped up in the, in the hamster wheel of life, if you like. So uh, obviously lots and lots of people have sat there and thought, I know I'm going to get my will done. And that's really, really good news. Um, but what the research also suggests, Heather, is that actually 75% of those that have done the will didn't actually and haven't still told the executor that they are indeed in that position. And that's a concern. No, absolutely. Um, and actually, Jeff, what I'm really curious about is the survey was for people 18 plus. I mean, did you think of, of setting up a will when you were 18? Absolutely not. Um, no. <clears throat> to be honest, I probably did mine when I was 35. And it was because of writing the book, The Grief Survival Guide, and actually mm. having spoken to, I wanted to put a chapter in there about, um, about the will process. Um, and the funeral process and, and actually it wasn't until I'd actually spoke to solicitors that I realised that do you know what there's a lot of people that are setting almost setting their families up for a real fall uh, not just by dying um, <laughs> but, but actually by not leaving them a will or, or sometimes by leaving the, by leaving a will but actually leaving out something that's really priceless and that is some context some information maybe around it. You don't ever have to give an explanation as to why you've left what you've left to who. Um, you know, that's, that's at your own discretion, obviously. But, you know, sometimes when we don't have that person anymore, what we really, you know, what becomes instantly priceless is any, any information, any words, any explanation as to, you know, I've done this because this is what I think is best for the family or this is what I think that person needs and that's why I've done this differently. Because otherwise, if there is no explanation, certainly if you've not even told the executor, then not only does that executor become in a position that they didn't necessarily know that they were they were headed for, but also they then become the, the focus of everybody's frustration. Mm. And this is probably someone that we consider to be a friend or a, someone that's very close to us indeed. So why would we want to put them in a difficult position? And the truth is, 
we just avoid this, the conversation. We mm. think, oh, I've done the will, I've, I've established who's going to what, and I've put an executor in place. Um, but by not having that conversation, it's almost like you're, you're so close to getting it all done and tied up where you can literally relax, but you're just stopping short of that one. But I, I, you know, I want to know why we do that. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there as well. You said we've done the will, but actually, of course, wills you have to revisit, don't you, every so often because circumstances change. I mean, in my situation, obviously, I've got grandchildren now, and as they all start coming along, you want the same for each one of them as well. And and it's so easy to sort of forget you did a will 20 years ago, and actually your your personal situation, your assets may have changed, and all that really needs to be looked at properly and thoroughly. I, I see it as a vital bit of admin, as important as keeping your car MOT'd and taxed, if not more. Of course, it's far more important. <laughs> uh, my own personal view on it, Heather, is that I, I love my family. I love all those that are going to benefit from my, from my will uh, in whatever my state is and whatever is left to do. Um, so I want to protect their mental health when they're grieving for me. Um, I hope that I obviously go long before my children. Um, but if, if that wasn't the case, and if, if they were then having to deal with the fact that they'd lost their mum and dad, um, then I would want to make sure that it was kept as simple and as straightforward and that it was all tied up and done. Um, so that there was no unforeseen circumstances, no difficulties with regards to inheritance tax. So I'd literally gone into all of that out of love for them so that they could just get on with the very difficult and undesirable process of, of, of loss and of grief. Mm. Do, you, do you think, I mean, it was interesting that you mentioned mental health there. I mean, obviously, those are very huge topics, but equally dealing with the process of grief. And we all know there are the five processes of going through grief. But when you're having to think about dealing with a will and what's been left to you and who's going to be the executor, it's not really a good time to have to deal with all of that when you're going through all that process. What advice would you give to people? Um, my, my advice is to, to preempt all of these things, to, to answer the questions that are yet to be asked and actually to, to kind of just, instead of viewing it as something that we'll just save for later on when, when we get to that age, which is, you know, an incredible gamble, bearing in mind that we don't literally know what's going to happen at any moment and mm. that we should ever take a minute for granted to get it done now. You'll feel better for getting it done you're you know all right getting it done is one thing having the conversations with people is another and you might feel that you're creating contention which is a reason maybe just to leave it and let them unravel it um when you're gone but why would we want to leave that legacy why would we want a tar or tarnish really what would be you know what should be a time of reflection and of mourning and of, and of grief and sorrow and sadness with with something that is unavoidable, such as the, the whole contention around why did he do that or why didn't he do that? Or if he had, if he'd have done that, then we wouldn't have had to pay all that tax and actually mm. we would have had been able to put it in trust. You know, there, there are things that we should really concern ourselves with. It doesn't mean you're going to die sooner by having a conversation. <laughs> That's a common misconception and it is laughable. So what, what we absolutely need to do is just, put our big girl's pants on, I think, and, and actually start to um, start to embrace the conversation and embrace the organisation of it and know that we've done something out of love for our family. 
The trouble is we're not very good as Brits, are we, talking about emotions? So I think that's something else that we have to overcome. And the whole thing about, you know, going to a solicitor who maybe you've never been to a solicitor before, you don't know what it's going to be like when you go there, all that can just add to the trauma of having to, you know, think about your will when you're already confused about, oh, what you're going to leave to who? Who's going to be angry because you might have left them out? What, you know, have you left enough here, there and everything? Everywhere. So the whole thing together just adds to this sort of boiling pot of emotions. Um, but obviously, you know, you've written almost you know, a survival guide. So what would you say are the best three tips from there that you think, well, actually, if I'd just done A, B and C, and if my, you know, other people that you know, friends and family had done the same, they could have avoided so much. I can encapsulate it this way. Communication is absolutely key, uh, wow. both before and after the event. What I mean by that is beforehand, can we, can we tell everybody that we love them? Can we, can we make sure that those words that are not spoken often are actually said so that that person can experience that, that memory of wow. knowing how much they meant to you? Um, you know, that, that, this is very much aside from a will, but it's the same connotation. It's the same, it's the same thing. Don't leave things until the last minute when it's too late. Um, because, you know, simple words, I love you, you know, that, that can be felt and literally taken on as such a huge comfort for people that have lost you. Um, but very often they don't get to hear them because we assume that that day wasn't going to come yet. Yeah. Um, and that's the problem with obviously making wills, telling executors that they are executors and giving some context as to why people mm. are, are being left what they've been left. Mm. Let's communicate ahead of the event. Let's talk now um, and get into the habit of doing that. And you know what? It saves the most unbelievable amount of pain. Um, and, you know, grief is, is the most difficult experience for a lot of people in their lives anyway. It really mm an unknown quantity that until you've experienced it, you just don't know. And even if you have experienced it, it doesn't make it any easier second no. time round. So let's get all of this done beforehand and, and help people to just go through one set of unimaginable pain instead of you adding a few layers on top of that by not communicating. There you go. Oh, that, that's great advice. Um, now, you did mention also about, you know, the, the difficulties of being an executor. How would you approach somebody who you wanted to be an executor for your will? To, I mean, it's almost like another whole conversation, a whole new communication process, isn't it? It is, right. So what I would do, and I'll have to make this my last response because I've got someone trying to call Yeah, sure. Uh, um, so I would... I remember what you're doing ultimately is you are bestowing a huge compliment on this individual. It shows that you think they're competent and able enough. It also shows that you trust them enough. So, you know, for them, it's actually quite a, if you're telling them in advance, it would be quite an honor for you to, for you to do that. Um, however, if you appoint them and don't tell them, then they're probably going to be like, cheers, mate. You know, <laughs> now I've got to deal with all the siblings and everyone's, sort of issues with what you've left and what you haven't and the words you've said and the words you haven't um so it can be a bit of a stitch up so there's a huge difference between the same thing in naming it and not naming it so that would absolutely be my advice if, you, if you're going to leave an executor if you're going to appoint somebody 
have a conversation with them. It might be a bit like, oh, I'm talking about my death here, but it doesn't mean to say it's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> it still might be another 40 years until it happens. Mm. Um, you know, hopefully so. So, um, you know, it's, they're obviously special to you and, and you, you, that's why you're entrusting them with it. So obviously it's, it's, it's a conversation. If you can't have it with them, who can you have it with? Um, I don't know. Let's, let's be brave. Let's be courageous and let's save our family a lot of additional heartache. Uh, on top of what they would experience anyway. Brilliant advice. Thank you for joining me today, Jeff. And thanks for joining me, Heather Hilda, darling, on Let's Talk Property. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Heather. Bye. Thank you.